Lord, we thank you for the fact that you come and you come amongst us. And this is your desire that you come amongst us. And Lord, when you do, we know that you come with power. So Lord, as Phil speaks to us now, we pray that you're going to engage our hearts and that you're going to come with power to change us. Lord, we want to hear from you. So we pray that you would anoint Phil's lips now and that we would hear the words of God. Amen. Okay, well, as you know, we've been doing a, or we started a series. If you've been with us, if you're not, you're very welcome. Uh, if you're visiting this morning. But we've started a series looking at the kingdom of God and what that really means. And you know them mornings when God just kind of steps in before you do. Well, we've had one of them. Thank you, Sue. That was excellent. That was brilliant. And Sarah. I mean, just things just fitted together in kind of some things I felt God wanted to say this morning. But I want to start from this place. Is Do you expect that even right now, the kingdom of God is right near you. Is with you right now. So we can receive what it has for us this morning. We can engage, even while I'm speaking, even though we've had this mini break of notice and things, sometimes we, it's easy just to kind of lose it a little bit and we kind of have to re-engage again with God. But if he's here right now, we can engage with him because he's right here with us. And he can speak to us. So just, I just want to encourage you to be, let's just be open to the Holy Spirit. I I don't quite know what he's going to do yet, but I'm expectant of God doing something. Okay, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Isaiah makes this declaration, this prophetic declaration, years in advance, hundreds of years in advance of Jesus coming, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with righteousness and with justice from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. That's always been the intention of this kingdom. It will be established and it will grow. And it will get bigger. Because God intended it to be so. And what he speaks happens. I'm going to read you a little bit from Simon Holly's book. And I think this is probably true for many of us over the years. A number of years ago, there would be a few in our church with any real understanding of the kingdom of God. To us, it was a vague concept, a phrase that we had heard many times, but with little clarity. Looking back now, it is not surprising that we would not proclaim that the kingdom is at hand as Jesus told us to, as we had no idea what it was. Why is it that Jesus' hearers did not ask for greater clarity on exactly what the kingdom of God was? And I guess that we, it is a conceptual kind of thing out there. We talk about this kingdom, and Dave and uh, uh, Peter has just helped us a little bit, looking back over the kingdom, what was meant by the kingdom through history. And yet we come to this point where Jesus comes to declare the kingdom, not only to declare it, but to say it's here now. And since that time, 
and forevermore it will be. The kingdom of God here. So Jesus, in Luke 4, 17-19, when he stood in the synagogue, he took out the scroll and rolled it and he read this passage from Isaiah. You see, Isaiah had really caught some of these lots of references in Isaiah to the kingdom because he'd had a glimpse. You remember right back in chapter 6, it talks about that uh, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in his train filled. He saw into that spiritual realm we were thinking about, we were talking about during our worship time. He had eyes to see into a whole different realm. He saw something and he wrote it down for us to help us. And Jesus reads it out because it helps. And Jesus says this, in 17, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's Jesus' purpose. It's his mission and his purpose is to proclaim the kingdom. But he doesn't just proclaim in words. Jesus demonstrates kingdom and proclaims. So very often you find Jesus will speak about the kingdom and then he will act, do acts of healing or deliverance or other things and we'll look at those a bit later on, that happen, in, recorded for us in the Bible, that Jesus does. Sometimes he does those first and then talks about the kingdom, explaining what he's done. Explaining how it's taken place. See, John the Baptist started a process about the kingdom of God, being at hand, being near. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus picked that up from John and declared exactly the same. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And so we find that Jesus forgives sin. This is the good news to the poor is he forgives sin even before he's made remission for sin. Even before he went to the cross, he has the power and the authority to forgive sin. Isn't that wonderful? And he does. Many times, it's recorded, he even says to one who's sick, get up, your sins are forgiven you. Not, get up, you're healed. Because actually, he came to put right that which was wrong. Came to speak good news to poor people. It's truly great news, this authority that Jesus has, that we can know this good news. It's good news for us because we have nothing within us, no power to rescue ourselves. There's nothing we can do. Even the sins that we've committed this week, what are we going to do about it other than come to Jesus for forgiveness? Because we have no other way. Couldn't rescue ourselves. We needed a saviour. We needed Jesus. This is the centrality point of the whole of the kingdom is that there is forgiveness for sin. That's the good news for the poor. So Peter used last week, blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are those who know their need of God. 
Those who are fully aware that they need a saviour. Fully aware that they need their sins forgiven. Fully aware that they have no hope to sort out their own life and get it straight other than Jesus who says, your sins are forgiven. And I don't know if everyone in here this morning knows your sins are forgiven, but you can. You can know that. You can know your sins have been forgiven because that's the kingdom coming. That's the kingdom being not just near, right coming on you. Being exercised over you. Those words of authority where sin once dominated, where we were slaves to sin, the authority that Jesus comes with that brings it right near to us says it's forgiven. And you're free of it. You don't have to be slave to that anymore. You don't have to be slave to that pattern of behaviour anymore. You don't have to be tied into that again and again. That sin cycle of repent, receive forgiveness, sin again, and get into that cycle. You can be free of that. That cycle can be completely broken once and for all because Jesus has the authority. Because he can say your sins are forgiven. And such authority even before the full price was paid. At Calvary. See, Jesus not only forgives sin, but he, he looks at the whole person. He's concerned in everyone. And this was his ministry and his compassion for people was he wanted to take care of the whole being. So forgiveness of sin is what we first need. It's where we first come to. We need ourselves putting right with God. We need what was uh, where we're apart from God, where we're separated from God by our sin. We need that putting right. But then he comes and looks at the whole man. I love that passage where it talks about, in John, where it talks about if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and from all unrighteousness. Everything, in other words, that's not right. That's not right in us, he wants to put right. He wants to make right in us. Where we've got wrong attitudes, wrong desires, maybe where we're sick, maybe where we're trapped, where we've been oppressed. He wants to set us free. He wants to put it all right because he wants to free us from all unrightness and unrighteousness in every way in our lives. So first, the kingdom is about forgiveness. The kingdom near you is this forgiveness right near you for you to receive and accept. The second part of this passage is that he wants to proclaim liberty for captives, those people who are trapped, those people who are caught in something, maybe it's caught in sickness, maybe they've got this sickness that just dominates their whole life. If you're blind, if you were deaf, that's it. That's kind of how you stay. You're captive to being blind. You're captive to being deaf. But Jesus comes and he brings freedom to that. I want to read you another story. I love stories. I always use a lot of stories when I speak, and I love them. So Simon Holly, just from his book, again, Sustainable Power, we've looked at, I know. But um, I haven't read this one. I don't think anybody did use this story. It says, One night before a conference, I had a dream that seemed to last for an entire night. Over and over, I dreamed of a man chasing a woman to abuse her. In the dream, I somehow knew the man's first name. He had received words of knowledge in dreams before, but why did I have the same dream so many times? The next day, at the end of the meeting, I gave 
the word that someone had either been abused or stalked by a man of this name. By the end of the morning, a total of six people had responded to the same word. Four women and two men. The ministry team fed back the details. One lady had been stalked by a man bearing this name. Another lady had been raped by a guy with this first name. One lady had been locked in a room and was about to be abused when someone knocked on the door and saved her. A man of this name abused one gentleman when he was 15 years old. He was now in his late 50s and had never told anyone before. The ministry team reported that each one had walked into massive freedom that morning. The kingdom of God had broken him. Isn't that just great stories? Love that when God just breaks in and sets someone free. When someone's just caught and there's all kinds of things going on and they're trapped, he wants to speak freedom into their situation, into their life. And I've started, I must be getting old because I've started getting more dreams. It says your old men will dream dreams. And I've started getting a few more of them recently. And I kind of think, God, is that just a sign of my age now? First it's the glasses, then it's the dreams. What's next? <laughs> kind of wonder what's coming. Who knows? But just know in the moment, sometimes you just get something from God. And even while we were in, I was in Germany recently, and I had a dream in the night, didn't know what it meant, just saw this guy, and he was in the shadows. This guy just in the shadows, and I never seen him before, didn't recognize him or anything. Um, we're in with the Dresden church on Sunday morning. This guy walks in, I thought, I've seen you in my dream. You were in my dream last night. And by the end of the day, I just was able to minister to him. And just God just did something in his life. Just amazing. And just, it's wonderful to see God breaking in. Last, uh, um, last November time, October, November, just before we went to India, um, I was asked to speak at Bonsall Village Church. I'd never spoken there before. And uh, you're never quite sure if you're ever going to get asked back when you preach somewhere. Kind of how well do you go down? People want you again. Uh, but I was asked to speak there and asked to do something on healing. And I kind of, all I got in my mind that night, I thought, yeah, I'll still do it. I, I kind of agreed to do that before we were going to India, and then I realized it was kind of really tied up. And I'm thinking, my, my whole mind's on getting ready to go to India, packing. I hadn't even packed. It was Sunday night. We were going Monday morning. I hadn't even packed. And we're kind of, and my mind's on this, and I kind of I felt like I just babbled a bit that night, just shared some stuff and babbled a bit. And I just gave the opportunity for people to respond for healing. A whole host of people came up, which was wonderful. And this one lady came up. And I said, well, what do you want? She said, I don't really know. I just know I want God. I want the kingdom of God to break into my life in fresh air because I just feel my life's dull. I prayed with this lady. And the story I've heard since is she has been totally transformed. She said, I have never been the same again since. And I've been invited back, amazingly. <laughs> and I'm going back next Sunday night. And she, I was told this week, she's bringing four of her non-Christian friends. Because she wants them to have that same experience she's had. God's on the move of the kingdom breaking in. The kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God... Has come. Jesus wants to demonstrate 
the kingdom. In Matthew 4, 23, and Peter shared this passage last week, he went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, doing what? First, preaching the good news of the kingdom. Secondly, healing every disease. And thirdly, delivering them from every affliction. That's the kingdom breaking in near people. Breaking in right across all of Galilee. And I don't know how long it took him. I think David did something about this, how long it took you to get across how many cities that was. Huge amount. But the kingdom of God is about a kingdom that breaks into people's lives. And it changes them for good. And it heals bodies. And I know there's people here today God wants to heal. I know that. I think there's some people here God wants to set you free today. There's, we, we touched on fear a few weeks ago and I felt God say, it's just the beginning of a work I want to do amongst my people to set people free from fear. It's just the beginning. It's not the end. One talk on fear, one talk or one preach or one opportunity to receive prayer ministry from getting free of fear, I feel God saying that I've got a work to do that goes on beyond what we've already started. And God wants to break in into some of those things, even today. God wants to come and break in. You see, Jesus has the power to heal every disease and every sickness. He says he healed all their diseases later on. Every disease, every sickness was totally healed. Now, we don't see that yet. And you get faith for certain things. David encouraged me earlier. You know, you get faith for certain things. And what you've got faith for, you can pray. And God, you can see God act. And again, while we were in Germany just a few weeks ago, I, in the Sunday morning meeting, and I, I, I need to learn to act on, my, on the promptings of the Spirit. Because I don't always do it. I'm learning. I'm trying to learn more. And, but we should always act on just, just a thought, just a feeling. Something And in the Sunday morning meeting, I felt I should just ask if there was anybody who couldn't conceive a child. Because I've had some success. And it's built my faith. And I didn't do it. Because you're in a, somebody else's church, in a foreign country. You've got to do it through interpretation, all that kind of thing. And I'm kind of just held back. I thought, no, no, it's probably just me feeling it. Because, you know, maybe it's just on my mind. Maybe I have feelings about that, thoughts about that. While I was praying... For this guy in the evening, and he was just then after I prayed with him, he just asked me a few questions, and I said, "That's good. I just, I've, you know, prayed for a number of people, prayed for a number of ladies with can't conceive a child, and they've conceived, and God's done a miracle in at least two of those occasions. God's done a real miracle, know that." And he, and then he said, "Ah, I said, you need to pray for this lady, and she's still she's here tonight. And you need to pray for her." And so he went and got this lady. Now I should have done that in the morning, but God gave me the opportunity in the evening. But I should have just gone with that in the morning. I should have known the prompt in the spirit. I should have just recognized it and gone with it. And I didn't. But thankfully, God is gracious. Because it's not about me. It's about him wanting to do his work. And that's what happens when the kingdom of God is near you. God's work is made evident. That's the sign. That's the sign that the kingdom's here, this kingdom activity. If the kingdom isn't here, there's nothing happens. But if we believe the kingdom's near and near you, and many of you responded and said, it's near me, then what does God want to do for you this morning? 
What does God want to do in you this morning if the kingdom of God's near you? What does that mean for you? We sing, we sing that song, Spirit, break out, break all walls down. What, what walls have you got? What walls of resistance, a hindrance, things between you and God that you just need a touch from him, a word from him, just the ministry of the Holy Spirit to come to you? What would that look like for you right now? Of God just breaking in, the kingdom of God being near you right now. I want to make time at the end for just God to just come. So I know he wants to do some things. So I'm going to just move on. I like Peter used this book last week, the Fillmore book on Matthew. I found it really helpful. He does a lot on the kingdom. Got lots of titles that start about uh, kingdom in this. And this is this kind of just a, I'm a simple guy, like simple things. This is really simple and easy to read. And I uh, found it really a, a real blessing. And he, he's got one chapter in here. It really struck me. It's I read some time ago now. And uh, as I was preparing, it just came back to mind. And he's got a chapter called Slumdog Millionaires. Now, you know the film. You've perhaps seen the film Slumdog Millionaire where this young guy in Mumbai and uh, he's living in the slums and the picture of the slums is quite challenging and uh, I'm, Sally will not watch that film she upsets her too much she said I just can't I know I can't watch that it would just be too upsetting the reality of that but isn't that not true we've worn that t-shirt we were we were in that state I've been in, in the slums been like that and yet God has made us millionaires through the righteousness of Christ we've been changed and transformed been made to be like Jesus because of that, and we've been set free to be like Jesus. And I forgot which bit I was going to read now. Oh yeah, just some stories from here. He, Fillmore, just picks up this whole thing about this. There was those who were like that, like they lived in the slums, like they were the poor of the poor in the Bible, and Jesus meets them, and he refers to them here. First, there is a leper, disfigured by crippling disease, and excluded from Jewish society. Even lepers could find comfort in one another, but this was one completely alone. He's a solitary figure, a walking tragedy, the epitome of human suffering, and yet the trouble in his life was humbled, had humbled his heart ready to receive Jesus. He freely admitted that he's dirty. He worships Jesus as his Lord and he confesses by faith that Jesus can make him clean. Jesus responds straight away to his humility and he heals him with a touch, a simple command before sending him to the temple to offer a sacrifice to God. Just one moment. A slumdog who became a millionaire, an outcast who became included because Jesus touched him the kingdom of God came near and touched him next comes a Roman centurion so you don't expect a Roman centurion to be considered as a slumdog do you to use that even terminology 
And yet he comes, uh, centurion of company, uh, occupying army, one of the servants of a wicked Herod, equally wicked emperor, Tiberius. He was a Gentile, may have worked at the same army base as the soldiers who would later crucify Jesus. Nevertheless, he had one thing in his favour. His life in Roman Holy had taught him how authority works and had given him faith that Jesus could heal his servant with just a word. His background prepared him for his encounter with Jesus and he left having been granted the healing he requested. Next, a whole crowd of sick, demonized people who all humbled themselves to receive help from Jesus, their Messiah. The first of them, Peter's mother-in-law, struck down by a terrible fever. Unaware that it was a preparation ground through, God would help her reach out to Jesus. Then her son-in-law gets into a boat with his fellow disciples and they sail out in a storm, which is so deadly that even hardened fishermen like Peter thinks he's about to die. The twelve were already following Jesus, but the storm, but the horrors of near drowning led them out into greater prayer of faith. Lord, save us, we are perishing. You see, the authority of Jesus is not just about for our healing. It's not, it wasn't just for our deliverance. It wasn't just for our salvation. Actually, he has power and authority in his kingdom over what he's created. That he can speak to the wind and the waves and say, be still. And they are. And very often we, we liken those passages to kind of the troubles in our lives. And that's not a bad thing, that's not a wrong thing. But actually, there's a God who actually, even when we hear about earthquakes and all those kind of things, and the Bible talks about the fact that there is, you know, all of creation yearning for God. It's his creation that yearns for him. And he has full command over it. And full authority over it. And so while we might not sometimes feel like the kingdom of God is near us, it's active in our world. He's active in all that goes on in our world. He's fully aware and active. Because he's bringing about his ultimate purpose. And that is that right through all of the whole of the universe will be his rule and reign. That's the final goal. The ultimate. Is that my cue to finish? (laughs) We've never had one of them before. (laughs) I have to remember that. (laughs) Somebody goes on a bit long, just ding the bell. Your time's up. You see, Jesus has a plan that through, even through you and me, we will make his kingdom, his kingdom rule and reign known right throughout all the earth. That we will advance it. And it's not just about our own physical need and we can so easily centre on that. And Jesus did initially. He centred in on people's need. But actually there's something bigger. And more than that is that actually his rule and reign is to go out throughout all the earth and to affect everything in the earth. Ultimately, everything. Nothing. And so, we have these places that say, his kingdom is now and not yet, because we don't see everything yet subject to Jesus. But where the church is the agent by which is part of it is to happen. Through us. That everything comes subject to him. And through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is meant to be made known in all the earth. 
through us. But he comes to us first because he loves us and then uses us to take it out. Kingdom ministry. But of course, there was always challenge to authority. People hearing him, those hearing him in the synagogue said, never heard a man with such authority speak. And yet in, in Mark 1, we get right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, at the end of Mark 1, we get this where he's in the synagogue and he's speaking with authority and a demon manifests itself. An unclean spirit speaks out and, says, and challenges who he is almost. Or in fear, actually, of what are you going to do with us? Because the unclean spirit knew who he was. He knew the authority he had. He knew that with just one word, just one word, the demon had to go. He had to leave. Couldn't stay. Could not stay in that place. Could not stay in that, in that man and be afflicted. And Jesus told him to be silent. Tells the, the evil spirit, the unclean spirit, you be silent. And then tells it to leave the man. But not without a little bit of demonstration first. Not a bit of fuss. Because they like to create a bit of that as well. But then they go. And they have to at the name of Jesus. And I don't believe there's a specific, oh, I've got a deliverance ministry. It's just kingdom. It's just doing kingdom stuff. And I'm, I'm no special. I've been involved in numerous situations of helping people get free, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm no specialist in deliverance. I don't have a deliverance ministry because I'm just doing kingdom. just want to see the kingdom come right where people are whether it's on the street, and I've seen it on the street, whether it's in here, I've seen it in here, whether it's in my home, and I've seen it there, wherever I've sat in restaurants with people having a meal, and suddenly the Spirit of God turns up, because he's right near, I'm sat there shaking, and I have to leave a meal, and say, we need to go home, and we need to pray, because you need to get free. I'm really disappointed, because I really enjoyed that meal, I remember that one, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) I have to give it up, because God suddenly turns up. Because the kingdom's near. The kingdom's near. And Jesus is our example. Jesus made the way for us. And this is kind of a first part, really, of the kingdom, talking about kingdom ministry. And it's just an introduction into the ministry of the kingdom that is both Jesus, by the Holy Spirit now, through us, that we can be involved in and be involved with him. But also we receive us of this kingdom in our lives. We receive as the kingdom of God breaking into our, our lives and changing us. So I love songs that invite the kingdom to come and break in. I love songs that invite, we want to see heaven here on earth. Because that was always Jesus' intention. That was always the plan. That his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why he asked us to pray like that. That's why he taught us to pray like that. Pray, might your kingdom come on earth. That's his kingdom rule and reign in situations, circumstances, over the elements, and even over food. You know, he took five loaves, two fishes, multiplied them. Kingdom. It was just kingdom, activity. Kingdom of God was near. People were hungry. Jesus met the need. And that's what kingdom's about. It's about bringing that kingdom where people need, a, where they have a need of him, have a need that God wants to meet because he loves people. 
and the kingdom breaks in. And his ministry was always to people because he loved people. And he saw people. Even when they had no concept of him, even when they did not know him, he saw them. And he looked right down and he saw where they were and he went to meet them. So he got, Jesus didn't have any accidental appointments. He also had divine ones. Always had divine appointments.